Hello, Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Under the Bleachers. We are two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. <laughs> this week we are discussing To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Um, they definitely pass up a chance to have like the number two mm-hmm. in the name, like Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> to All the Boys, I've written notes to, maybe. <laughs> um, sorry, that was really bad. Um, but first, a driver's license update. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Sabrina Carpenter released a song called Skin, where she's very clearly responding to Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. Yep. And she's like, maybe blonde is the only word that rhymed. And she's also like, I'm fucking this dude, and I get to tell my side of the story, and all of this stuff. And Issa and I both kind of had the same reaction, which is she seems like she's being a little aggressive for a song that wasn't <laughs> aggressive towards her. But also, she's she's cashing in on the publicity. Also, the, the song is just not as good. The song isn't as good, which is important, I think. Also, her and the dude, I don't even know this guy's name. Josh? I don't know this guy's name. Sure, his name's Josh. <laughs> um, her, not sure. Her and Josh are going to have a song collaboration come out i just saw that that was just retweeted by the under the bleachers account yes um sabrina's song skin the hook of which is like you can't get under my skin even though like he's on my skin which i thought i didn't like i don't like the talking about fucking a dude as him being on your skin is weird because it reminds me of like well, I'm not, I won't go there, but um, I think I think also the song is not good, and it's not it's not the same type of song, and I think it is bad. Uh, it is a bad strategy to try to come after a Filipina American singer songwriter being emo. <laughs> like you're just not gonna win. Like that's what happens. Um, but Do if you... if you disagree with us, you can let us know if you really like the song Skin. Wait, but do you know the song um, Fuck You Right Back? Fuck You Right Back no. by Frankie? No. Okay. So this was another, like, not that Olivia Rodrigo's is a one-hit one hit wonder. That's not what I'm saying. But it was this, like, huge song. It came out in 2004. And after he released a song, a woman released, like, a response song that was, that was uh, indirect, yeah, directly in response to his song. And I have to say, like, it feels... If, if it came out in five weeks that, like, they had planned this all together, I would yeah. be like, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure their agents are just, like, high-fiving each other. I I can believe that Olivia did not intend originally for this to be, like, a whole story. Yeah. Like, I can believe she was just, like... Because that, that's the thing. The driver's license isn't even about Sabrina Carpenter. It's about the no. guy. Yeah. It's a pretty mature, like, the lyrics are, are pretty mature, I, I think, think, and understandable. I actually don't think she's being petty, and, like, I think Sabrina Carpenter is being petty. I mean, I think that if I were a teen, I would definitely take Olivia's side and be, like, Sabrina is being a bitch, because, like, just of, like, the kind of teen I was, but I, I also think she just, like, knows that she's trying to get more publicity. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
Imagine if she didn't respond too. Well, that would be amazing, but she well, wouldn't get those song plays. I think also Josh or whatever the fuck that guy's name is, he had a song that was kind of about her. Oh. And it just didn't really get any spin because he wasn't that good. So like the two girls, the two women in this story are the real talent. And so that's why they're trying to spin it up, making it between the two girls, even if that's not what it was really about. And maybe they all have a lesson to learn about feminism or whatever or whatever or no maybe but later they will kiss yeah oh that would be great obviously this is all leading up to like olivia and sabrina having a song together so yep can't but wait maybe maybe there's some real you know like hostility and now maybe olivia's really mad like i don't know she, I, I i haven't seen any signs of her being angry I've even, I've even seen signs that like even the teens are kind of like come on like this is just made for you know drama manufactured drama mm-hmm. i've Which seen people some people will report on like us yeah i've seen some <laughs> some signs that even the teens are like you can't get us with this <laughs> but we're all doing it anyway because we have nothing better to do um except have a podcast about teen content and that's why you get the real teen content takes from here <laughs> <laughs> um we're actually we're doing this movie because um because the third one is coming out, and Jane and I were like, "Holy shit, we have we've got to catch up." Um, yeah, it is. Ugh. Yeah, it is. Um, how do you, you had watched this already, right? Yeah, I watched this last year when it came out. Same. I I also just think I like that it's a series, and I was excited to see that there that the sequel was getting greenlighted, and it is the same screenwriter but different director. Which I could oh. maybe see, like it's not quite as indie feeling, except for the top-down shots of food, which is what we liked <gasps> in the first yeah. one. Yeah, I wrote that note down. Which they knew. Um, yeah, uh, it also introduces Jordan Fisher. I think I, I, I think I went over this, but in the last movie, there's like an after-credit scene that's sometimes cut from the movie where um, John Ambrose comes to the door comes to the door and he's white and then they had to change it and recast it as jordan fisher because they wanted to be a more ethnically diverse cast and um they looked out in getting jordan fisher because he's such a cutie he's dreamy but also cheesy but we'll talk about it yeah when did you when were you first aware of jordan fisher <laughs> oh this might have been it and then he was in rent live which is terrible and grease live which is great Famously. Oh, I weirdly um, thought Grease Live was before this, but I think it's just because nothing feels real. I actually don't know. I don't know <laughs> the timeline there. So maybe, like, you could be right. Um, but, like, knowing who he was, truly, I'm not sure. What about you? <laughs> uh, I think Grease Live was when I was like, oh, yeah, he's famous now. I knew he was in um, one of the casts of Hamilton, and I knew he was also in one of the casts of Dear... He was Dear Evan Hansen for a while. Right, right. And I was like, that's not, um, that doesn't make sense because he's cute. Like, I don't, I just don't see him as a dear Evan Hansen. Um, but he also, this is really random, but he also had, have you watched Moana? No. <laughs> so during Moana, there's like the song that The Rock sings, which is like a fun, funny song. And then at the end of Moana, while the credits are playing, Jordan Fisher and Lin-Manuel Miranda sing like a more R&B, like kind of sexy cover of it. <laughs> And I remember looking it up and being like, oh, that's Jordan Fisher. And then he was on Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, he also now um, is a Twitch streamer. Yeah, I see that on his Twitter. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, he is corny. Um, do you want to talk about his um, personal 
his okay. relationship. I was trying to get information on him so I could tweet about it. And I found out that he got engaged to his high school sweetheart. And there's like a really sweet video on Instagram. They seem totally well suited. And they got married at Disney World during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So I had, <laughs> I had seen that they got married at Disney World, but I thought it was a throwback Thursday video or something. <laughs> I was like, surely they're not. And yet here we are. I forgot Disney was still open. Yeah, there's really gross commercials of like beautiful racially ambiguous families with masks on, like looking at Mickey Mouse being like, oh, it's awful. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's also, like the second person who died at Disney World. Sorry, go ahead. I have to be honest. I would judge him for getting married at Disney World. Same. Whether there was a pandemic happening or not. <laughs> I'm actually a little surprised. Yeah, I thought that. Once you became like a Broadway coastal elite, you became enough of a snob not to do that. But I guess not. I don't even know if he lives in New York, I guess. I just know he was doing theory things. Um, really quickly, this movie also has Ross Butler, uh, <laughs> former Richard, former Riverdale Reggie. Reggie yeah. um, I just called him Reggie. And also, I, I, amend, I have to amend this and say, like, I didn't know he was in 13 Reasons Why because I have not watched 13 Reasons Why. So he's in 13 Reasons Why, and we know him because... In my opinion, he's the hotter Reggie. And also because he um, was accused of conspiring to murder um, Courtney Love's daughter's husband, ex-husband. Um, so the, he, there were allegations that this kid broke into um, this person's house to steal a guitar that Kurt Cobain uh, used. And then that he mur- was going to murder this person. But she's alive. So, so sh- she was not even murdered. But then she said, like, this guy was going to murder me. Do we know how that played out? Like, uh, I think dropped? he, I think he was able to like fend off the charges. Basically, I think he was, he was basically like, no, that's not, <laughs> that is not that's what how happened. Law works. I think I that he was it. asked for the lawsuit to be dismissed, and then they probably exchanged money because he's acting again. Yeah. Um. So I assume. I mean, it would be honestly cool if he were still acting. No, I think he's really hot. Okay, we can keep going. We can start the, we can jump right in. Okay, sweet. Laura Jean and Peter are happily dating, having promised to never break each other's hearts. When Laura Jean receives a letter from John Ambrose, one of the five boys who received her letters in the previous movie, she can't decide whether to respond or not. She had feelings for John Ambrose in middle school, and he also used to be best friends with Peter. Meanwhile, Laura Jean is feeling insecure about Jen with a G, her ex-best friend, <laughs> and Peter's ex-boyfriend, because Jen and Peter fucked a bunch. When Laura Wait, Jean Peter's volu- ex-girlfriend. Oh yeah. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. When Laura Jean volunteers <laughs> at Bellevue Retirement Home for school, she meets Stormy, a sassy old broad who takes LJ under her wing. It is revealed that the other volunteer is none other than John Ambrose. Sorry, that was a lot, but I wanted to get to the like, the yeah. like, oh, it's John Ambrose. Everyone is introduced. Um, this movie has a lot of, it's the sequel. Here's the, here. remember when Laura Jean liked to uh, watch 80s movies? Let's yeah. give you a soft synth pop song when you see Noah Satineo again. But <laughs> you know what? It was cute. <laughs> um. Speaking of exposition, they had the scene at the Korean New Year mm-hmm. where um, they're talking to their like moody cousin and Kitty, the annoying little sister, like 
explains everything that happened in the previous movie to yeah. this moody cousin. And I think it was a, I think that was a good way for them to like catch everybody up. Yeah. Also, I just realized that's the only time Kitty appears and it's nice. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, like good, that kid. <laughs> good job, Kitty. Good job. I'm glad that we got it out of the way. She got to do one annoying scene and then she's gone. <laughs> um, so the first sort of intro scene as like, or scenes, I guess, are her going on this date really dressed up. Yeah. She's wearing a beautiful outfit and a beautiful red lip. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when was the first time, Jane, that you went on a date that was sitting face to face in a restaurant? Because <gasps> I feel that is like a milestone. You're wow. not at like the mall just walking around. You're like sitting in front of each other at a restaurant. You know what's so funny is my first date ever was to Chipotle, and I think we were sitting at a bar, at like not a bar, but like the the bar not type setup where you're face. not facing each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's why there's a distinction. I feel. Oh, it must have been, it must have been my first boyfriend actually. Were you? And a I teen? don't know where. Well, I was eighteen, so. Yeah, you're a teen. Yeah. What restaurant? But I don't. Oh. I honestly have no idea, and I had written the same question for you, mm. sort of, which is, did you go on any fancy dates in high school? Yeah, I, um, so I, I did not date, or sorry, we never became boyfriend and girlfriend, but this guy that, like me, we, he was, he wanted to be a chef, and so he was interning, or like, you know, whatever, summer jobbing, at a fancy little bistro-y type place that now, like, I remember is, like, in a strip mall. Like, it's not that fancy, (laughs) but it's, like, trying to be, like, a little bistro, right? And he learned how to make chocolate souffle, which is one of my favorite desserts ever. Um, And I, like, talked to him about it. And so he, like, took me on a date where he made me one, made me chocolate souffle, and it was kind of – it was probably really stressful for him because he had to, like, run back and forth, like, in and out of the kitchen. But then he, like, made it and then, like – he like brought it out and we like talked um and i didn't i didn't drive yet so my mom had to like bring me there and back so this was like very in this movie they Largine and peter can tra- just kind of go anywhere which is funny because mm-hmm. they're adults the actors are adults so you're like yeah they can drive <laughs> um but but yeah that was the first time i like sat across from a guy and it was a date um and my mom (laughs) i hope this guy never listens to this my mom kind of made fun of him because i took a picture of the souffle and i didn't know this but like you know a souffle looks like a little cake yeah and if you do it wrong the top like drops in yeah and it was dropped in and i didn't (gasps) i didn't care because like it tasted amazing and i was like really you know i was feeling really cute but my mom like saw the picture and she was like oh Wait, I have a clarifying question. Okay. You said that this guy liked you, but you didn't tell, you haven't told us if you liked him. We liked each other, but sort okay. of asynchronously. Like by the oh, time, this is that person. by the time he liked me, I was like, I'm moving away. Yeah, it was. <gasps> yeah. So this was like a little before I moved away. Yeah. Oh, so, so the souffle was like, ugh, just at the, just too early. So the souffle was too early. It was too late. No, it was too late. The souffle was too late. Yeah. Oh. Too, too late and according to my mom like not even good enough no just kidding <laughs> no it was it was delicious like i would never turn down a chocolate dessert yeah absolutely um, another kind of interesting thing on their date is that they have the 2010 paper lantern trend highlighted mm-hmm. do you remember when that was like a big thing in like people's weddings people's engagement photo shoots maybe i have like a vague memory of it definitely I've never but done it. Have you? It does look fun. No, no. It, but you would have to gather many people to do it too. Or is it still I fun mean, if there's just one? 
I think you could do just one and then just like go back in and watch Netflix. I don't know. Um, the first time I went on a date with someone that I then like dated um, was my now husband because we or sorry, a, a face to face sitting date. I should be clear because we we ate at an Indian restaurant um, near college. And I just remember being like I was like a teen and I was like, this is this is hard. It's hard to sit across from someone and talk to them when you're a teen. You just have no other situation in which you're doing that. And Wait, it feels you like... were a teen when you first dated Nate? Yeah, because we were sophomores <gasps> in college. So I was probably oh 19. God. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Isn't that cute? Jesus Christ, it was so long ago. Um, I was also going to say that I had a conversation with a friend about this. Um, shout out Manav. Maybe he'll listen to the podcast. And he said that he prefers to, if he's taking girls out on a date now... He prefers to sit sort of like at a bar corner so you're like at right angles to each other and not face to face. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Well, then you're like your elbows are close to each other, right? Because then there could be some like elbow knocking awkwardness. That's true. We didn't even talk about that. I think he meant just like awkwardness of looking into each other's eyes. Like Mm. it's a little you take some of the tension off by sitting sort of like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I get that. That's a good, that's a good like middle ground, I think, between yeah, full on sitting scared. just right next to each other. Cause that's, that's also hard. But if you look like Noah Satineo, you better sit right across from me. <laughs> look. <laughs> He's cute. Okay. I liked, uh, the scene when uh, Peter is late to their coffee date and you uh-huh. get to watch her eat all these pastries. And I was like, more for her. Like yeah. she's like so mad. He's not there. I'm like, no, you get to eat every pastry by yourself. Yeah, I also thought it was a very common, I don't know, I have memories in, like, high school of, like, just boys being late to shit. <laughs> like, I was like, this is relatable. And they're always like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I truly didn't mean to be late. I just, I'm not socialized to be as considerate of my time. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I said, uh, you know, she has this, she does have this, like, I'm a, good girl and peter's like finally happening to me and i'm so scared i'll fuck it up uh and that sort of sets the tone for this thing and from the very beginning she's like very nervous she's doing the girlfriend thing wrong um which is i think interesting to me because i didn't i don't think i like had as much of like a pressure of like what is a girlfriend at that age you know yeah, I I agree. And it is interesting because two things are kind of happening in this movie, which is she feels insecure about being a good girlfriend, and she also has feelings for another guy. And it's sort of like both both of those things both of those things are normal. Like it's normal to have feelings for another guy, but like that would be my primary insecurity, not whether yeah. I like bought the pizza or whatever. <laughs> whatever Which the... is, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little, but Peter sort of says, like, wow, for someone who like hasn't really dated anyone, you do know how to like sort of like mess up a guy's head because that is like the scarier thing about you being someone's girlfriend but anyway um i enjoyed uh (laughs) when when she tells peter that she saw that john ambrose um was one of the guys and he goes no shit that was my boy (laughs) (laughs) i've just never um i've never been close to any guy who refers to people like that and i think it's funny (laughs) Movies have this desire to make Noah Centineo have like slightly urban vocal Bro-y. slang 
uh, speech lexicon, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and when he talks to both Ross Butler, who is Asian, or like Jordan Fisher, who is black, like he changed, he like code switches into bro, slightly urban speak. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> um, I had a question about oh, the ahead. carnival scene. So after okay. after Peter doesn't show up for the coffee date, he's like, you've been here eating sugar for four hours without me. Let's go to a carnival. <laughs> what is your favorite game or ride at a carnival? Oh, that's a good question. I like um, I like a thrill ride. I like a you know roller coaster or spinning around ride or, um, like pirate ship. Well, this is more of an amusement park than a carnival, I guess. It counts. I guess my que- my 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 answer is like I like a thrill ride. Yeah. Um, I uh, one time I also went to a carnival that had like one of those places where you can have like live fish. You can like catch live fish. And I like wow. that, but like all those fish die. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's fun to go catch your fish and bring them home. How about you? Wait, wait hold on. Wait, can you describe the catching the fish thing? <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's wait. just like, I, it was just like a big tank and you could like pay money and you would go and just, they would give you a net and a time limit and you go like try to catch a fish you want what? and you bring them home. Okay. So this reminds me of, this actually is perfect because a lot of carnivals that I went to were Purim carnivals and Purim is a Jewish holiday just to put it really simply, it's the Jewish Halloween. That's not at all what it's about, but oh you dress up in costumes and you go oh, to a carnival. Cool. Okay. And like the typical carnival game that I remember is that you would throw little ping pong balls into fish bowls. And if you got one <gasps> in, you'd get a goldfish a and you'd go home with a goldfish. And one year when we were, when I was a kid, we got one and it grew to be so big that there was no way it was a goldfish. It grew to be massively large. <laughs> We had to, we put it in a pond in our backyard and then a cat ate it. (laughs) (gasps) I definitely, I definitely, okay. Aside from thrill rides, I think like as a child, I really liked when a carnival had like live animals, but it just sucks Mm. because all those animals get taken home and then die. Like I took home a duckling from a carnival. (gasps) I took home a chick. Yeah. None of these animals survived except for the chick. He survived and became a fucking rooster and then would start crowing in our suburb. And the neighbors were like, you cannot do this. Like, you have to, like, give him up. So we gave him to my grandma and then he uh, died and I assume she ate him. Um, Wow. But but why so many live animal giveaways to children? What country were you this is in the philippines yeah okay but but i've heard that like at fairs too like people will like you know when they color the chicks feathers i've heard at fairs in the u.s they do that too that sounds sort of familiar yeah and then you can go get like a purple chick and bring it home and it'll probably die (laughs) definitely die yeah Um, i always get sick on spinny rides mm, yeah (laughs) and and she had so much sugar yeah yeah and i'm kind of like a wimp about roller coasters i i do like them sometimes but so i would always like hit up the food for sure that's where i'm at like a hot dog or like what's your ultimate carnival order? At the Caldwell Street Fair, which yes. happens every year, there there are these like meat sticks. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than like a meat jerky? stick. No, because it's like literal meat that's put onto uh-huh. a wooden skewer and then like skewer or this like sounds like a white shawarma. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. You've described it perfectly. Um and that's what you go get. I'm just gonna call it a white white shawarma um <laughs> also they go on a weekday on an evening i was like how yeah. much time do you have anyway we we've spent a lot of time on this um one quick part here so they to move the plot forward they all go to like a volunteer fair at school they all have to do a volunteer thing 
Um, and there's like a very natural like, oh, am I going to go to the same volunteer thing as my boyfriend or like what click am I going to go to? I don't understand why she said that the senior home would look better than the grocery store thing on college applications. Every college loves like a sustainable kid who's doing food waste related stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Retirement home is like pretty um boring. It's pretty done. I mean, yeah. like I've even volunteered at a retirement home. Like we've, we've I thought seen maybe that before, it was because LJ. the the retirees were rich and they would network. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is what I wanted to talk about. This retirement home rocks. Yeah, um, it's, it's like wild. Beautiful. Stormy, who I don't really love this character. She didn't really work for me, but her room has like is nicer than any room I will ever own it has like art all over the walls and vases and just like it's stunning and it's why do they need like why do they need volunteers like they clearly yeah. can pay people yeah. i don't understand wage it because they will network with the volunteers and get them into ivy leagues anyway jordan fisher's very cute he's great at being a heartthrob he's great at being dreamy he's a little he looks a little short to me he is small small s-m-o-l <laughs> No. Um, but let's let's go to Valentine's Day, I guess. Okay. On Valentine's Day, Laura Jean finds out that Peter sent an acapella lovegram to Jen every period the previous year. Laura Jean feels jealous, and even more so when she sees Peter's locker literally explode with cards. Later, Peter <laughs> gives her a necklace and reads her a poem which she believes he wrote, and she gives him a single homemade Pop-Tart. <laughs> At lunch, Laura Jean chats with her best friend, Chris, who tells her to masturbate. <laughs> uh, do you think that Laura Jean watched um, Claire from Bon Appetit doing the like, <laughs> I'm going to make a homemade Pop-Tart? <laughs> yes. That's uh, also, wait, but she gives him one. Okay, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> She's so frustrated that Peter won't like make, do the acapella things. And um, won't, like, be a good valentine for her. And she just makes him a single Pop-Tart. That feels unfair. Yeah, but her card is, like, really, really good, I guess. But she doesn't do anything public either. I don't know. Yeah. I I was dying at the acapellagram because it was, like, a great... They they do, like, say, like, yeah, acapella is really corny. But also, like, she wants one, which which is exactly how I would feel in high school. Also, um, li- literally the way <laughs> that... Nate proposed to me was to have our my college acapella group sing, which is uh, it's dunking on me. Um, what happened? My 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 friend or my my thought was like, what happens if your friend is in the same classroom as you and there's like more than one? Do they like sing to one and then sing to the other? Because like she, because they walk in singing, she thinks that they're gonna sing to her, but then they go straight to Ross Butler actually, um, mm-hmm. and sing to him. So I don't, I don't understand like what happens when there's more than one. I don't understand why multiple people have written Valentine's to Peter. Like what is the yep. goal there? It's like in Before I Fall where they had the like multiple roses for one girl. That's just not I was gonna, what it was like at my school. Yeah. I was going to bring up Before I Fall too because um, the teachers have, they like scripted the teachers of these classrooms the same way where the teachers are like, okay, go do your Valentine's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like frustrated and like, I want to be teaching when I feel like most teachers would be like, oh, this is great. This is yeah, fun. Yeah, I'd be but... like, thank God, like something more interesting than my daily life. Yeah. <laughs> um, my question to you was at this age, I guess she's a junior in high school, maybe a sophomore. Would you have known that it was an Edgar Allan Poe poem that he recites to her? And not, um, like, did you know the um, Annabelle Lee poem? No. 
So Did for you? so for the listeners, um, Peter recites a poem to her, and he just puts Laura Jean in as the name uh, Annabelle. Lee. I only knew it because we were we like studied that poem in like early high school, so gotcha. everyone at my school would have known the poem. <laughs> Although, can't pull like, it over our eyes <laughs> how did okay i guess noah centineo sorry peter could be like reading poetry but like to me this character would only know poetry from english class he probably just googled love poem and annabelle Lee came up yeah um i have a question also which okay. is have you ever worn a valentine's day themed outfit because <gasps> she is straight up wearing a no. white dress with red hearts all over it red boots full no, on i have not me neither. That, and I no didn't one should. think of that. No one should. <laughs> well, also, it's like, uh, she was, I did feel bad for her because everyone was like, clearly you're expecting something because you are dressed for Valentine's Day. <laughs> True. True. Um, have you ever had a conversation with your friends about masturbating as a teen? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Did you ever tell a friend to masturbate? Yes. Were you ever in Chris's shoes? Aw. Yeah. Not like so, not so like cheekily and... Um, I will say good for Chris. No bad hats. This movie, um, not so cheekily and not so aggressively. <laughs> just, just more. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly how, but yeah, we yeah we did. Um, we do you remember when Black Swan came out? Yes, because she masturbates in that. We had a conversation about it at a sleepover after watching Black Swan. Um, and I remember at the time, I was the only one in the friend group who had masturbated. That's crazy. Yeah, I felt like a pioneer. It was cool. What? And I, I told them, I told them all about the wonderful world of masturbation. Um, we can move on. <laughs> Wait, I did just want to say that old, old Reggie and best friend Chris are like an item. Fucking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume smoking, masturbating weed, next to smoking each other, weed together, masturbating yeah. next to each other. Okay. At Bellevue, John Ambrose lets Laura Jean read the letter she sent him, and she reminisces about her childhood crush on him. Stormy, the old lady, tells her it's okay to have feelings for multiple men, and also reveals that the poem Peter read was written by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> At a party, Laura Jean shares her insecurities with Gay Lucas, and he gives her the helpful advice of, girls are crazy. <laughs> Peter and her have a talk where she asks if he misses having sex, but he's very sweet and understanding. Wait, so you don't like Stormy? She just doesn't, I don't, something about it doesn't work for me. And I was like trying to figure out what about the first movie, like what was filling up Stormy's space in the first movie? She just feels like. The dad? Oh, the sister? I don't know. Something about it. Like there's nothing actually happening with her. She is just like a happy old lady there to guide Laura Jean. Sure. I also think that um, I just didn't have any friendly old people in my life that would like glom onto a young person like that because like. Well, when I was growing up, when I was growing up in the Philippines, like a lot of people have relationships with their grandparents, but not so much like talking as intimately as this. Like you would just like be one of many grandkids because like, I don't know, Filipinos tend to have big extended families. Um, And so I've never like, you know, talked to my grandparents like one on one about their relationships. Like that's just not a conversation that would happen. Um, And then also if I encountered any old people in my life, they would just like have their own grandkids to talk to. Like, why would they Mm -hmm. talk to me? Yeah. Did you have any friendly old people in your life? No, I mean, like, my grandparents died when I was really young, and so I, maybe that's why. Maybe this is just yeah. personal baggage, but I just, something, it just didn't work as I well. Mean, I mean, the whole movie didn't work as well for me. To be fair, the first one. my brother and I, I remember my brother and I as high schoolers having a conversation being like, 
how come like in the movies like white old people are always like really friendly and like (laughs) intimate and like talking really personably with young people because like in the philippines it's just a little more of like you know you love them but you don't have conversations on the same level as like these people would kind of they're yeah. just like oh you're a little kid that's all like <laughs> i'm yeah. so much older than you which i probably will maybe be like i don't know um <laughs> the the other thing i would tell you because you didn't like stormy is that apparently when it was announced that the sequel was green lighted jenny han who wrote the books was like i'm so excited because like i can't wait to show you guys john ambrose and i really love writing stormy as a character interesting okay yeah. so wait, maybe she's you, better in the book i don't know do you like her like no i just really okay well cool. because i well because as i said like from a young age already like i was kind of like this feels like a fake thing. like does anybody really have friendly do white people have friendly old people in their life and i'm just missing out on it because i didn't grow up in the u.s like that was my feeling i mean she feels a little bit like a fairy godmother yeah and like, i just not realistic Listeners, if you have a friendly old person in your life that's not related to you, you know, tell us about it. Because we clearly fucking didn't have that. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) I have more thoughts on Jordan Fisher. Okay. Okay. He is dreamy. I find him attractive. However, when you said that he sang a song with Lin-Manuel Miranda, something went off in my brain. (laughs) And I'm worried that he and Lin-Manuel Miranda have some similarities. Oh, no. He just has a sort of like... Okay, wait first. Sorry, sorry. Before I dunk on Jordan (gasps) Fisher... He, the character he plays, John Ambrose, is a little too mature. There's, mm. like, nothing goofy or stupid about him. Like, Noah Centineo's character is, like, he is wise and sweet sometimes, but he he's also, like, a dumbass, which I like. Yeah. Um, but Jordan Fisher, just as an actor, he's a little, he's a little cheesy. And actually, I want to play, I want to play a moment. Are you kidding? Oh, shit. Everyone liked you in middle school. I don't, I, don't, I don't really think that's true. Are you kidding? <laughs> Everyone liked you in middle school. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really think no. that's true. Are you kidding? Okay, sorry. It played again, but we needed to get the full effect of his <gasps> just like no. weird. I don't like what. What do you call that? It's like he was trying to be like I want to be memed like Noah Centineo's whoa whoa whoa, <laughs> but I want to be like the weird nerd version of it, and I I don't know what to say. He maybe, is cringe. That's the thing. Yes. He is a little bit cringe. And I think maybe he was trying to go for like the nerdier aesthetic, but something about it just, I mean, like he is cute. Like I'm confused because I think he's yeah, cute, I'm but I'm also like, it just doesn't flow with the other characters he kind of. Okay. This is, okay. This is also going to, wow, we're really dunking on him. I think like him as an actor, he kind of strikes me as like a guy who like, wasn't liked by a lot of girls growing up because he was like a theater kid and then now he is and he's like Mm. kind of a dreamy heartthrob and it's kind of like gotten to his head a bit because like you watch this and you're like okay this guy couldn't be single if he were truly like you know a reasonably attractive like young guy and he like was really sweet and thoughtful and like seems to like talk really maturely emotionally with girls and like you know has interest in I don't know politics is that what the thing is like clearly he would be dating some future uh you know white house staffer or something (laughs) like that's the vibe I got from him he's a little he's a cute little model UN kid um and maybe Jordan Fisher is like yeah I'm hot now and I can play this like hot crush character maybe I would I'm very curious another person who he sort of reminds me of 
is Michael Bublé. I was like looking at his Twitter <laughs> and he said he did it. I know. Okay. He, he sang some song. It might've been for Christmas. I don't remember. And he just is so earnest. Mm. I think it maybe is like the cringe. earnestness. That's just a little cringe. It's a okay. good lesson for me to learn. Cause I'm earnest online and I need to like not become <laughs> like that. It's scary. It's scary. <laughs> um, what did you think about the, the sex talk between Peter and Laura Jean? I liked it all right. I think like it's funny in a way that like felt real. Um, I I was curious like how much of this was explored in the book. I just it actually made me think like it would be really interesting to have an alternate point of view on this whole story because Peter like we get a little more about Peter and Jen's relationship, but like what the fuck is he feeling through all this and like. Is he truly just, like, oblivious to Laura Jean feeling like this? Or is he kind of like, oh, Laura Jean's, like, sexually inexperienced. Like, she probably won't worry about me and Jen. I don't know. Like, I I couldn't really figure out uh, where he was at, I guess. But I, but I like it, and I think it's good. When I watched it, I was kind of like, that's a good lesson for teens to learn that, like, they should just, like, talk about it. And it's, like, yeah. and it's better to talk about it when you feel stuff like that. Um, it is, <laughs> it is funny because he like very rapidly undoes the buttons on her blouse and she's like, where did he learn that? And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, no, Sunday, where? <laughs> yeah, I agree that I, I really liked the talk and I thought Peter, I thought Peter was like f- good and fair. And, and at one point he's like, give me some credit because like, as far as we know, he has never done anything to pressure her or to yeah. treat her Which badly is true, at all. Yeah. And it's all like most of it is coming from her being maybe not even worried about whether she wants to have sex, but just insecure about his previous relationship. Yeah. And, and as we'll see, it sounds like she should have been clearer about that from the start. I mean, I've sort of been in, so have you ever been in that position where you're like, Oh, the person I've dated has just like more love experience than me. Not even, it wasn't even all the sexual stuff. Like she was also just like every date I go on, like, They've done this before, and I've never had a boyfriend. Mm. Have you ever been um, in, a, or not, in a similar situation? Not really, to be honest. Uh, I've definitely been jealous, but not in that exact yeah. way. I mean, I, like, you know, I was always, in college, I was like, wow, everyone's having sex. I haven't had sex yet. You know, that was that was something I I sort of felt conscious about, but you kind of just, like, um, learn. I think in college, you're just so thankful that someone's not pressuring you to do those things that I was just like happy to be going at it at my own pace. <laughs> That's good. It, yeah, it's 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 good. Um the only other thing about this section that I will say um is that <laughs> they were like we're going to give her friend Lucas some screen time, but one of his first lines will be damn so that you remember that like he's black and gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also so Lucas, Chris, and Laura Jean are kind of like a a little gang now, little click, and it yeah. feels a little like maybe like I'm I'm curious to if that character is in the book for, like more like he is in the movie, or if they were just like he's he's a black gay character, like we should kind of keep him around. I was also like, doesn't he have his own friends? Yeah, he was so cool because um, <laughs> he's black yeah. and gay. Yeah, and he's he seems very chill. Um, this also supports the theory that Laura Jean's actually, like, everything, um, 
Jordan Fisher says, supports the theory that Laura Jean's actually popular and was, like, the only person who doesn't know it. Mm. She was friends with, like, every popular person except maybe Ross Butler. I also think it's fun that Ross Butler calls her LJ. I think that's a cute little nickname. Yeah, it's easier for me to say, too. <laughs> um, we, can, we can move on. Okay. It's clear that John Ambrose has feelings for LJ, but she hasn't told him that she's dating Peter yet. They decide to throw a star ball, as if that's a thing that people know what it is, a star ball, for the old people, and to dig up a time capsule they buried in middle school. Jen shows up unexpectedly, making things (laughs) tense, and Peter is being aggressive towards John Ambrose. They each pull an item from the time capsule, except for Jen, mysteriously. It's revealed to John Ambrose that Peter and Laura Jean are dating. They end up getting in a fight with Laura Jean saying she doesn't know how to be a good girlfriend, but make up quickly. Do you think it was kind of intense that they dissected an octopus? <laughs> Wait, when did they? Dis- uh, I missed this. Remember they dissected an octopus in, in their science class? No, as I missed a pre- it. So as preparation for their aquarium trip, their biology teacher has oh. them dissect an octopus. And I was like, I understand that from like a biological standpoint, but like octopi are like really smart and like people have, you know, complicated feelings about like whether we should be eating them and like mm. whether we should be mean to them. So I was just like, that's intense. <laughs> what did you dissect in your school? A frog. I did a frog at, oh, this is gross. I did a frog at summer camp. Ooh. But the summer camp I went to was just like a day camp. And so if you can imagine a bunch of 12 year olds just stabbing dead a frogs, froggy. Yeah. that's what it was like. Yeah, I, I definitely was very, this was when I was still going to an all-girls school, too, so, like, it was, like, a whole range of people who, like, some of which thought it was gross and some of which didn't, and, um, I don't know, it was cute that she wasn't grossed out about it and Peter was, it was funny, um, but I remember me and my friend, Christine, who ended up going to med school, we, um, took out its heart, and the heart was, like, still beating, <gasps> which is weird, and it's just because, like, electrical activity still goes on for a bit, Ugh. but we were like, why, why, and the teacher was like, you guys have to leave, like, it's the end of the period, <laughs> like, please go, <laughs> please leave so we can clean up, um, yeah, I was gonna ask, um, okay, so first, first they, the, this is the time capsule scene when they all go to the clubhouse, which, first of all, is a massive treehouse that fits, it's amazing. Like, six people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very funny, like, awkward scenario where everybody shows up and Laura Jean's like, oh, shit, this is a terrible idea. The broing is very funny in that scene because, once mm-hmm. again, Peter starts, like, talking in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, like, if I were Jen in this situation, I would be, like, so excited to see how awkward it is. Because Jen seemed to just show up and be like, ooh, Lara Jean has not told anyone that, like, she's basically, I don't know, been a, flirting with flirting with two guys at the same time. Yeah, wait, do, do you think Jen, like, knows about that? She kind of could see that something awkward was going on because mm. of the, because of, I think, like, when they get up to go, they get up and they're, like, going to go into the treehouse, like, Lara Jean and John Ambrose walk together, mm. and then Chris and uh, Reggie. Reggie walk together. <laughs> And then Peter's like, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? Um, Did I you gonna, think it was, Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I want you to ask yours first. I was going to say, do you think it's believable that Peter was jealous that John Ambrose bought the pizza? Because in my mind, I'd be like, sweet. Someone else paid for the yeah, pizza. Yeah, I would too. I think it was more when he was like walking with Laura Jean. Mm-hmm. And like Peter was sort of getting this sense of like wait a minute, like, they planned it? Like, why didn't she just ask me to plan it? Mm-hmm. So maybe the pizza is just a cover-up. But if they, they kind of, like, go back and forth being, like, Peter is dense versus Peter is perceptive, so it's hard to say. <laughs> um, have you ever 
flirted with someone and put off telling him you weren't single. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, Probably like... not as long as Laura Jean did. <laughs> Definitely. I've never gotten... I've never, like, gotten emotionally invested in someone, like, the way she kind of clearly is. I don't know. It's, yeah, she definitely takes it a little, a little far. I've definitely had crush it. So, when I, (laughs) when I went to college, I was still in, like, a long-distance relationship with my, with one of the people I dated in high school. And, like, I think the both of us were just, like, too scared to break up and, like, you know, some people just don't break up and try to do long distance because they, they just need training wheels, I feel like. Um, but then I, like, started developing crushes on other people, obviously, because yeah. we were, like, long distance. Um, you know, it was it was sort of you can you can kind of be in this safe space because if anything goes wrong, you could be like, I have a boyfriend, <laughs> 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 which is a terrible thing. But you're you know, I'm a fucking freshman girl. I'm dumb as hell. Um <laughs> Anyway, I was going to say, uh, when they take out the things um, from the time capsule, I thought that Chris was going to take out a packet of weed. <laughs> like a little, because she takes out a little baggie, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> but then they buried this in middle school, so maybe not. Um, um, I Sorry to go back, but like, what is a star ball? Do you know? Oh, this oh. Thing? Is this a thing? Yeah, they literally see the, they see the, the thing, the, the sign. And they're like, yeah, let's give the people what they want. A star ball. And I was like, what? <laughs> they're like, no, I had like, no idea. And it's like, they're like, like they used to do dancing. And like all old people are like reminiscing about going to a ball, like a big formal yeah, ball. Yeah, there probably was more background in the book, I would guess. Because I had no idea what that was. Um, and maybe there were like cut scenes from this or something where she gets more background about it from Stormy. Oh, um, that's. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay, there were a few points of dialogue in this movie that, that <laughs> didn't that didn't work as well for me. As, okay, like the first movie didn't have as many like blunders as this one. Yeah, okay. there's a moment where she's talking to John Ambrose and he says, "We had such great times in that treehouse, just hanging, you know, reading." <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, Jane Jane hates when people use slang. <laughs> just hanging and again like he kind of like is kind of cringe in that moment and almost is acting too much like a 20 something being a hot teen yeah absolutely but okay the line of dialogue that made me gasp is when peter (laughs) just goes hey remember when you had that stutter like i gasped i was like that is so cruel (laughs) me too joe biden (laughs) it kind of like for me, I was like, oh, shit, I thought Peter was supposed to be this nice person. Yeah. I don't think the show realizes how mean that is. It is super mean. And we're sort of led to believe that, like, Peter has been mean to John Ambrose before. And also that he takes the last piece of pizza all the time. Which, ultimately, I like that he's not perfect. perfect. But, yeah, the starter line is truly cruel. And John Ambrose deals with it pretty well, I would say. I've just never met a a broy mean person who is also then like turns around and becomes like a very loving compassionate boyfriend like i don't <laughs> we don't believe in bros being we don't good. believe well well in not that way like yeah. a reformed bro <laughs> is different it's different from what this movie decides and i know because i went to a school with a lot of fratty people i went to a school where oh fucking 70 percent of the fucking student body was in a frat or sorority so I should know. Um, 
Anyway, what do you think about the the fight that they have, like Peter and Laura Jean? It's another like Peter and Laura Jean have a heart to heart. It's yeah. it's interesting because they make up without maybe like I'm not sure what the consensus was. Like they're just sort of fighting, 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 and then Peter's like, "Let's never fight again." Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because the main conceit of this movie, right? One of the main conceits of this movie is that. Lara Jean and Peter like each other so much and they're like, let's never break each other's hearts. And it's supposed to be, obviously, the lesson of the movie is like, anytime you fall in love, you might get your heart broken. Like, that's just what, how love is. And she has to learn that. But it's almost too young a lesson for me from this, like, very mature teen who has had, like, you know, who's mature enough to have conversations about, like, sex and about, um this this kind of mature fight ish that they have it felt a little to me like 20 somethings having a fight Hmm. (laughs) um yeah so and then they're like i don't know like maybe we should just not hurt each other so they like go back to being just like kids so this i don't know this didn't this didn't feel as smoothly to me as like yeah i believe that they're teens and they're figuring it out Mm. Um, did you notice that there was another scene of Laura Jean with flour on her face (laughs) even though she was at the point of decorating her cupcakes so that means that she put the cupcakes into the oven she waited for them to bake she took them out of the oven let them cool completely (laughs) put frosting on them and took out these chocolate sprinkles and still had flour on her face I want to be the makeup artist that puts flour on her face (laughs) also like they definitely pushed like Laura Jean's into baking now like that's her thing and I think it's because people on Instagram got crazy about baking in general in like the late 20 teens. Yeah, and Great British Bake Off is Oh yeah, large. you're right. You're right. You're right. Very zeitgeisty in that time. Um so then we get to like the weird kind of middle section of like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Okay. Laura Jean's family has a tradition of having Thanksgiving in March started by her dead mother. They end up inviting their neighbor who their dad has a crush on. Later, Chris shows Laura Jean a picture of Jen and Peter semi-hugging. Laura Jean confronts Peter, who explains that Jen is going through something, and he's just being there for her. The conversation gets heated, and it's revealed that the night Laura Jean and Peter first kissed, he had been waiting in the hot tub for Jen. They break up. (gasps) Okay, first, before we talk about that, what did you think about the piano scene with Jordan Fisher? See, this this was like, this epitomized sort of... The issue with him is like he's playing piano amazingly while he's talking to Laura Jean. And it also fits in with your theater kid theory because absolutely I knew theater kids who would like play piano just in sort of like an emotional dramatic way. Also, I don't think that the music he was playing like fit with the movie at all. Like it was Mm. really cheesy to me. Cheesy. Um, He's just kind of like improvising in like like elevator music type way. I was like, this is like what like a hotel lobby guy would be playing. Um, So I also didn't like it, but I do think the name reveal that like he calls himself John Ambrose because she calls herself Laura Jean. Like I thought that was kind of cute and I can see how that would be cute in the book. But yeah, it's, it's definitely like a little cringe and I can tell people like, Jordan Fisher and Lin-Manuel Miranda are just like waiting for the day when they can just be like casually tickling the keys and then like a a hot girl like comes to talk to them. (laughs) Um, I liked the Thanksgiving scene. Um, This movie focuses way less on Laura Jean's mother who died when she was younger. And I think 
by having the Thanksgiving scene and sort of like weaving in the dead mom theme. It was like cute, not over the top. Like you weren't like forgetting that her her mom has passed away and like that's important to her, but it wasn't like all over again. We're like talking about the same stuff. So I liked that. Yeah, she also gets to, this brings us back to like that scene in, near the start of the movie where they do the Korean, where they go see Lara Jean's like extended family um, and they do um, Korean New Year with them and she gets to talk to her bitchy cousin. Um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see that the dad is still included in those traditions with her mom's side of her family and they're still in you know he's trying to do what he can to you know give them part of their korean american heritage that like he can't really make up for um so yeah they they do a good job of being like this is how like people try to live their life when like someone someone died yeah in the family um was um <laughs> okay i i love a good retcon like the hot tub reveal mm-hmm. the first time i watched this movie i was like genius genius like this is the my favorite thing about this movie is that they go back and retcon the hot tub scene because i think like that was the most interesting part of the whole movie like it's revealed like peter also like had feelings for two women at the same time kind of and Mm. he had been waiting in the hot tub for jen um and like i would have loved to know what's going on in peter's head because like would he have stayed with jen like maybe and like sometimes when you're in high school you stay with the wrong person but then you like someone new. I don't know. It, it was it was genius to me. I thought that this is the strongest point of the movie. And the most, both the first and second time I watched it, it was the most compelling part of the movie for me. <laughs> if you were in Laura Jean's position and you saw the picture, what would you do? And like, what would you think if you saw your boyfriend who's sort of like, they were in kind of like slow dancing position? Oh yeah, that was weird. Okay, so for the listener, the, the reveal happens because Chris comes up to Laura Jean and is like, girl i hate to tell you that she also like says a weird line there where she's kind of like i hate to tell you this but like i saw your man with with jen or something like that they just have like weird mannerisms but it's him sort of holding her elbows (laughs) (laughs) um i would i would probably feel really suspicious and confront him about it yeah i was i was a pretty jealous teen i would say how about you (laughs) oh man that's hard would you have reacted the same way to the picture yeah, I think I would also. <laughs> what just happened? My dog is, um, he's freaking out. He's jealous. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think I would probably have a, just, I would, I would freak out too, to be honest. Yeah. And maybe, and I don't even know if I would be able to confront him in the way she, oh. she does. And it's funny because Laura Jean is supposed to be this sort of, mm. at least I read her as kind of an introvert, kind of soft-spoken, but she mm-hmm. like. She goes for it. Yeah, I I probably wouldn't have done it in public because she's like yeah. outside. I was like, this is they're about to get on the bus. There's everyone around. My my like jealous teen moment was like again. I was a teen when I met when I first started dating Nate. Oh my god, we were so little. Um, I was so tiny, <laughs> and it's it was like a powerful aura because Nate and his high school girlfriend were both like cheerleaders at their school in Kansas, and they had this like. I would, when you, like, like a guy, you, like, often stalk their Facebook, right? So I would go back, and they had this, like, strong, like, high school power couple, like, Taylor Swift circa fearless. Like, that's the energy (laughs) that, like, they were emanating from these photos. And, like, even absolutely just, like, irrationally, I was just, like, immediately threatened. (laughs) And I was just like, wow, I'll never be, you know, the Taylor Swift of his life. 
the Taylor Swift circa fearless of his life. I could be the Taylor Swift circa 1989 of his life. So mm. ultimately that was, that ended up fine, but it is a powerful, <laughs> it's a powerful aura. If like, if I think like the school spirit combination was like a powerful aura for them where like he was this high school, Peter was like this high school athlete and Jen would come to all his games. That's like such a role. That's like almost like yeah. a wifey thing to do. For I was going to sure. ask you like, was like school spirit and like dressing up for sports games and like did anyone do this whole thing of like oh, yeah. the girlfriend dressing up for the guy? Oh, okay, okay. So I mean, I wasn't involved with this stuff, but like, um, for I guess what I'll say is cheerleaders were expected to dress up obviously for yeah. games, and they also made baked goods for the football team before okay. games, and I wrote. <laughs> I wrote an annoying little uh, newspaper article about like <gasps> about like how the girls are expected to Hell with their yeah. own money cook cook baked goods for these. Jane, you're literally people. the character in Big Mouth. What's her name in Big Jane? Mouth? Jane. Is that her name? Oh wait, no, sorry. No, <laughs> it's not her name at all. I know. I was thinking of Big Little Lies. No. And so I said Jane. Big Mouth, the cartoon about the horny kids, the one girl. Missy or the red-haired one? The redhead. Um, redhead. That's her fucking name. She's just like a cute An annoying little, little feminist. Cute little live feminist. Yeah. yeah I've changed a lot. It's you. That being said, all of those, all of the people I interviewed were like so excited to talk to me about it. So oh, it was that's a good, good. experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I love, I love that time of life when you're just angry about being a teen girl it, it rocked reading jezebel.com being like yeah this resonates with me um i was gonna say yeah so we didn't we didn't do anything like that first of all because i went to an all-girls school and then by the time i went to a co-ed school um we had uniforms and so people would not do that but um mm-hmm. nate was saying it was confusing for him to see that because or to see it in movies because at his school everybody just dressed up and did school spirit stuff right, so like right the girlfriends would not do anything special for the boyfriends. Yeah, I guess ultimately, same. They didn't, as far as I knew, they didn't. And also because, like, if popular d- people were dating popular people, a lot of the popular girls were also athletes. So, like, or cheerleaders. They were busy. <laughs> they were getting busy. Sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we can go on. Okay. At a field trip to the Portland Aquarium, LJ and Peter are sad. She ends up giving him back the necklace. After some reflection, Laura Jean invites Jen to talk at the treehouse. Laura Jean says she thought she was just jealous of Jen, but she realized that she still isn't over their friendship. Jen admits that Peter really cares about Laura Jean. He has just been supporting her as her parents go through a divorce. She reveals that she put her friendship bracelet in the time capsule the same as Laura Jean. Um, I love her goddamn color block pink, white, red hoodie. Like, so oh my much. god, it's so cool! I love I it so much. Like, please you, let me wear her clothes. <laughs> I thought it was funny that so she like kind of wakes up wearing this really cool hoodie and like her hair is a mess. And when she meets Jen, she's she looks the same. And I was like, if I'm about to go like address a nemesis, I would like do my hair. <laughs> wait, wait, is the singular form of nemesis a nemesis? <laughs> Yes. I don't know. I don't know no, the it's, answer. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. I don't. <laughs> no. Okay. I should, don't trust me to teach you any English. Um, <laughs> there was also like funny lip syncing here when she was emoing out. What, did you notice that? No. So when, when they're sad at the aquarium, there's like a sad song playing. And then there's oh. a there's a cut where it's just like her mm-hmm. 
lip syncing to the camera and I was like that's kind of weird but also it is funny because I felt like that when I was emo as a teen mm-hmm. you would I like really oh sorry <laughs> you would like listen to songs and look out the window and be like I'm in the music video what okay. were you gonna say I really liked the aquarium scene I thought it was like a perfect it like captured that feeling of like trying to avoid someone at a school event when you yeah. know that they're around and like you're oh, trying yeah. to avoid them but you can like truly like feel them around you and then of course when they like go up to each other they both want to say something but they don't and maybe peter would have said like tried to say something comforting but laura jean like jumps in is like oh you want your necklace back like she assumes and maybe like makes she sort of fulfills her own fear and i I was gonna ask you if you had an avoiding someone (gasps) at school moment in your life oh man i feel like i probably uh had to avoid my ex-best friend at, at some point. <laughs> but that was a little different. On a field um, trip? No, just kidding. Just in the hallway? Uh, maybe at, like, um, did you do anything for graduation day big for your high school? Like, as a school or just with friends? So after graduation, a lot of American high schools have project graduation or something like that, where they you literally stay out all night at a special school event and the the point is like oh, so, that people oh, so you don't, don't get... go drink yeah exactly so you don't like drink and drive we didn't really have that yeah mm. so that I feel like maybe during that that's that fair feels fair. feels uh specific enough I have a really awkward story of like avoiding or trying to avoid at school and it's that my first boyfriend when we broke up it was like really really rough like mm. like we were very I I I broke up with him but like I was still very like oh this sucks so much and we like were in the same friend group it was just like a whole mess and it was like a drama that you know sort of took over like our social lives and we were both in choir together and we had both we had been placed so like the way that high school choir worked a lot was like once everyone learned um all their parts she would then like Put, give you a position to stand in for the concert so that like people are next to like a bunch of different parts so that it all blends together and so she placed us next to each other formerly because she knew that we were like dating Whoa. and also like we're not the same voice part so it works we're like all blending together and then so we showed up after the breakup to like this choir rehearsal and like we were practicing for this concert and like we had to stand next to each other and it was just this like <laughs> the energy in the room like everybody was just like looking right at us like having to stand next to each other there was like a giant it felt like there was a giant energy force field between us until literally like the teacher just like looked over and fucking saw on our faces that something was happening and she was like yeah do you do i need to <laughs> and she like split us up and wow us yeah i can't believe it was, she like, knew it was absurd well, I think, like, also, he and I both just, like, I don't know. We just, like, radiated misery that we Good were for her. I'm really other. glad that she was perceptive yeah, enough. Yeah, so wild. And I think, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how she knew. Maybe I'll ask her about it someday. We're Facebook friends. But Ooh. it was so wild. Ugh, it's hard. Um, it was very hard. Um, My favorite part of the whole movie is actually okay. the development between Laura Jean and Jen's friendship. Okay. I I don't know. For some reason, this movie made me just feel less than the first one. Mm-hmm. I just, like, didn't feel that invested in the Jordan Fisher story. Um, but I did feel super invested with her and Jen. And I thought it was surprising and interesting that she kind of said, like, I'm not over our friendship. And I feel like 
movies, teen movies don't talk about that yeah. as much as maybe is true for like people, you know, you, you sort of like break up with friends or you grow yeah. apart from friends. Um, and I'm excited for the third movie. I have no idea if they talk about it at all, but I'd love if they did. Yeah, shit, I didn't even think about that. We know that the third movie is going to be about college. Um, I was going to say I loved that choice. I do wish they had done it a little better. I wish that we they had given us a little more of a hint about their friendship in these flashbacks. Because they have so many flashbacks, but it's all about mm. boys. Oh, good point. But maybe, like, that's supposed to be the gotcha. Like, oh, we've been ignoring, like, what relationships we had with other girls. Like, maybe that's why. But I love, I love the reveal of like her saying like, you know, there's this Korean concept of like us always being tied to one another, even if like bad things happen. Like, I think it's a healthy way to like explain relationships to teens for sure. Cause like you have people you fall out of love with or friends you fall out with, but they're, they're always, you know, going to be like people you care about. I just wish we had spent a little more time like with, you know, what, what was their friendship like when, before they were popular. And also like, again, like the fact that, Jen was so mad at Laura Jean because Peter was supposed to meet Jen that night. Like, that is absolutely rational of Jen then to be mad yeah. at her. Like, and maybe that's what pushed her to post the video. Like, I was like, that is a huge reveal. Makes Jen look less crazy. Like, yeah, it would have <laughs> um, been cool to see in a flashback all four of them because we see flashbacks of John Ambrose. Yeah, and that's her. true. And it would have, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how they could have done Chris, it. Chris, but... like, wasn't Chris also in their friend group? Like, does Chris like... Oh, wait. Chris is Jen's cousin. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. But There's yeah, I, like, how, what was it like... <laughs> what was it like for all of them to, like, hang out? And, like, did Jen and Laura Jean... Yeah, it was... It hit me when she was like, I'm not over our friendship. I was like, wait, what was your friendship like? like yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. And I, again, like, I was like, wow, good point that Jen had a reason to be fucking mad. Like... Yeah. <sighs> um, maybe we should just not have Jordan Fisher in this movie. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Jordan Fisher. Oh, at the Starball, Stormy gives Laura Jean a fantastic dress. Old people peer pressure John Ambrose into dancing with Laura Jean. <laughs> she tells him that Peter and her broke up and they kiss, but she's not into it. Worried she's ruined her chance with Peter, Laura Jean leaves early, but Peter is waiting outside for her. He says it's fine if Laura Jean breaks his heart, and she says she loves him. As they kiss, they fly into the sky. Laura Jean realizes that it's worth risking getting hurt to be in a meaningful relationship. It's wild to kiss someone, to kiss multiple people with, like, a, a blood red lip on. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely has that. some sort of, like, liquid lip matte situation happening. Yeah, Jesus, like, none of these boys have any lipstick on them. I'm like, what the fuck is happening the lipstick looks perfect have you ever been like peer pressured romantically by old people no <laughs> i was gonna say i have a i have a moment to share that is funny what? which is that that this reminded me of because um so after i got married we uh, nate and i went back to the philippines to do our honeymoon but before before going to the beach for our honeymoon we um had a dinner for my mom's friends and dad's friend mostly my parents friends and extended family who weren't able to make it to the wedding because the wedding was in the U.S. So it was this nice little dinner um, with, like, a lot of people, but a lot of, like, toasts, right? Because that was, like, kind of what they were missing. Like, they were missing the reception part of it. Um, so it's kind of like we had another reception. Ugh. But um, they, <laughs> I guess, like, at Filipino weddings, 
you can just like demand that the couple kiss by like tinkling your glass with your utensil because I thought that meant like toast mm-hmm. but my mom was like no it means kiss and then like every time they started doing it they started being like kiss kiss and so like but then I just like started feeling like it's really weird that there's like all these old people like, watching us <laughs> like kiss and also I was worried about my lipstick mm. <laughs> so it just kept happening and then like um somebody during one of the toasts like made a joke about us having kids or something like that and this old guy that i don't know at all like just one of my dad's <laughs> random friends was like good luck nate ha <laughs> ha oh god we like you're like what's happening people are so like there are no boundaries sometimes when it comes it's to like so families wild. with marriages it's weird they're just like we want to see her kiss that white boy again <laughs> uh, anyway so I, there was that's a moment, my moment. <laughs> in the movie <laughs> Where after John Ambrose and Laura Jean kiss, I think it's really well acted. They're both sort of looking at each other and she's sort of looking at him like, oh, no. And he is sort of looking at her like, oh, I get it. And I don't really need him to say it's Peter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unnecessary. I feel like she should have said something like, I'm I'm sorry. sorry." Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I agree. It it could have gone because then he says like it's Peter and she runs away and then we just get a shot of him looking longingly at her and I'm like yeah. ah you put it over the line. Hey Jane, has one kiss ever revealed to you whether you're into someone? Oh wow! Oh my god, that's such a good question. Because I'm gonna and... say I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, and and no, I would say no. I would say no I because like. Kiss. Yeah, I feel like I know, and, like, if I'm kissing someone, I'm already, like, into them, and it's gonna be, I'm gonna be into kissing them, even if it's not for, like, getting married to you reasons, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess, I guess just because she's so uh, much of a romantic, we're supposed to believe, maybe, that she would think that they would kiss and fly into the sky, which is what happens when her and Peter kiss. Oh my god. Uh, How Um, much do we think that dress is that Stormy gave her? (laughs) Four thousand dollars, <laughs> or more. It's like a vintage g- designer gown. It's stunning, and also yeah. like there's no way Stormy and her are the same size. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> and no alterations. <laughs> she just like throws it on, and her like her boobs are like pushed up. It's like perfect. Ooh, yeah. <sighs> okay, so the first time I watched this, I watched this with Walter, and he thought that John Ambrose and Laura Jean would get together, and <gasps> I had to explain rom coms to him. And just be like, <laughs> part of the reason why you watch these movies is because you know what's going to happen. Like, you know, like the end game, like, you you know who's supposed to be together. And that's why, even though, even though I, like, didn't feel as much during this movie, the ending was still satisfying. Like, I still was excited to see her and Peter, like, get yeah. back together and have him be like, you can break my heart into a million pieces. And Okay, I so I said... <laughs> too much i said that he likes break my heart and i like also the phrase like do whatever you want like whatever but i don't like into a thousand pieces yeah no so i was like cut that one (laughs) it was a lot but like still like even as i was like the scene the scene is cute and he also shows up and he shows up wearing an outfit that like nate kind of has (laughs) and i was like hmm i actually think i liked it better this time around except this time around when they fly into the sky (laughs) The way that the camera was moving 
reminded me very specifically of the camera technique for the movie Hereditary by Ari Aster. Oh. <laughs> Where, like, characters, like, ghosts, like, fly into the sky. Oh boy! Or like in the witch, where the witch, the witches, like fly into the sky at the end. Oh, okay, about. I've seen that one. That's like what it reminded me of, and it's probably <laughs> the same camera techniques, and that's why. So I was like, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> spooky, spooky. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, so we've come to the end, I guess. Um, Jane, is this a good movie? Okay. Here's my okay. here are my thoughts. I think this movie has a lot of issues that sequels have in general. It's not as exciting. The stakes are lower. The problems are sort of made up in a sense that like they just they're clearly less like fundamental to the characters. And also we know that Peter and Laura Jean are going to get back together. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I do still think it's a good movie. And I think that they they pull off what they're trying to do yeah i agree with you i think that i liked it i almost liked it better the second time around and maybe that's because we've watched such garbage that like now i'm like oh this is fine (laughs) i think it's a good sequel it almost feels a little bit like a tv show because they have Mm. to tie up a bunch of loose ends but i think it's because like they had some interesting characters from the first movie so now they have to run around and like figure out how to you know tie in all these characters um i think it's a good lesson for teen girls that like love is scary and you just have to go with it it's good good lesson for shy girls um i um my question is when will they have sex (laughs) yeah i mean it better happen in the third movie i don't know uh, i don't know see like if they focus on the college question and not the sex question i don't know like i don't know the answer to that okay do you like this movie I did not not as much as the first one, and I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. I also didn't like Jordan Fisher this time around. Mm. I think I liked him the first time around, um, and I'm sorry for the Jordan Fisher fans out there. Like, I think he's an amazing singer, and I love um, I love his Twitter videos of him singing at the piano because they're always fucking good. But um, I don't know if I like him anymore. Uh-oh. Wow. Um, okay, um, who is this for? A teen who liked to all the boys I've loved before. Shy girls. <laughs> Shy people who don't, I don't know. I don't actually know if they'll like, if this movie teaches a lesson. Maybe like any teen who's fought with her girlfriend and has to like get mm, over it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. People who, people who have complicated best friendships, I think, are slightly represented here. Where they might not be represented elsewhere. What if this movie had done away with the John Ambrose question altogether and it had just been about her, Peter, and Jen and, like, flashbacks to their lives, like, as friends together and trying to piece together what happened and then, like, the retcon of the hot tub is still there. Like, kind of like a Back to the Future situation where you're just retconning the first movie. It Um, could work. I mean, they would need to be, like, forced into the same same place. But, because honestly, at the very beginning of this movie when Jen is talking to uh laura jean at the volunteer sign up i i was like oh they're gonna be volunteers together and that Mm, will be the conflict yeah so yeah could have happened we fucking wrote it (laughs) um also i realized i don't like the title p.s i still love you like who (laughs) said when is that said (laughs) Uh, no like that's not she doesn't write that to anyone anyway yeah there's no i mean there's no more letter sending to all the boys (laughs) (laughs) Um, what are you watching these days? 
<sighs> so I watched Promising Young Woman. And it Ooh. is really good. If you have trouble with like sexual assault content, Uh-oh. you're going to want to skip it. Um, I also think that it's like, don't read about it. Like, just go watch it. Okay. Um, also, Carrie Mulligan, I got bangs after I saw her in An Education. And her bangs in this movie are making me like feel confident in my bangs. And also, nice. should I go blonde? No, no, it's okay. Your bangs um, look great. Um, oh, thank you. They're and actually, I like Carrie Mulligan a lot. Yeah. What are you watching? Um, I love to come on this show and like talk about stuff I watch and then not watch it. Um, I watched Euphoria. So Euphoria sent um, Euphoria put out these little bridge episodes between the first and the second season because they had to interrupt filming, and so there's like part one Rue and part two Duo. So I watched the Rue one and it was really good and made me sad. Um, I need to catch up. I yeah, they're like, like, well, there's only two, so you're fine. But I almost feel like I need to. I almost feel like I need to rewatch the first season because I like. Oh, I mean, I did remember. during quarantine. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, that said, they're more of like just character sketches, so it's not actually. You could probably watch the Rue thing and then go back and watch. Um, and it was very sad and good. Um, the the writing isn't amazing, but the acting in it was really, really good, and I think mm-hmm. that's where. Both of the people in the scene shown. Um, I also started watching WandaVision, which I think is pretty good. It's a fun little... It's fun. That's what I'll say. Marvel is fun. It doesn't have to fucking be your fucking inspiration. <laughs> it's not... Get em. People People are just, like, insane about Marvel. It's fine. I enjoy watching it. Okay. That is what I'll say. <laughs> wow. It's just... Uh, okay. I want to know who's... Who upset you? Just anybody who talks about Marvel online tends to be a little crazy about mm. it, either for or against it, and it's just fine. Um, and if anybody like talks about T'Challa and RBG in heaven together, it makes me want to jump off the George Washington Bridge. Okay, um, I, <laughs> I also really still want to watch Industry, but um, I realized I have to get HBO Max to watch yeah. some of the shows I want to watch. So what the fuck is up with, like, now there's, like, HBO Go, HBO Max, HBO through Amazon, HBO the channel. Like, what? They actually, okay, I I think what they tried to do, they got rid of HBO Go and HBO Now, so they just have HBO Max and HBO, I think. Oh, God, we got HBO Max. so fucked up. And what it means is, like, if you have regular HBO, you can watch their content, but not their, like new hbo made content i'm probably fucking gotcha i think you're right because we have hbo the channel through amazon and Mm -hmm. we can watch like movies through there but not like new content so Mm -hmm. i think you're right also the other piece of news about me is that i my short haircut appointment is booked speaking it's coming it's not gonna look like carrie mulligan's hair um i can't think of what haircut sometimes i'll see i see the haircut that i want in tv but i can't think of one now but um i was like oh no now the under the bleachers art will be inaccurate just kidding. Mm. I do still think I'll be, I'm canonically like a long haired girl at heart. Like it will be temporary, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I've, you do you agree? That's I think like you're a long haired girl. Okay. It, I think, but like, like are you I going identify to identify as long haired girl? Here's the thing about short hair y- you gotta keep cutting it for it to be short. Yeah. So I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think maybe I'll, if I really, really like it, I'll like keep going, but. I just don't. Th- I think I'll try it and then I'll just grow it back out. Like I think, I think most people, even like 
even me, like I have shorter hair, but like you just don't want to go to the hair salon every. My mom growing six weeks. growing up for a long time. My mom had the um, you know, like princess dyes haircut, the mm-hmm. like round, like short hair. Yeah, that was like her her brand haircut, like for really for years and years, and she just kept going to get a cut. That's I it. Don't haircuts have are, haircuts are much cheaper takes. in the Philippines. Same with dyeing my hair. Like, I just don't. I just don't have the energy to go that often. I think I also like don't enjoy it as much as other people do. Like oh, some people I like hate it. Yeah, some people go and they like love the salon, and I went through like a phase of like really actually hating it. <laughs> like it's oh, it's the worst. Yeah. I'm like I could be doing anything, but I'm sitting here talking to a stranger, and I'm yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, and the talk is like never satisfying to mm-hmm. me. I always feel, I always feel like I'm less of a woman than other people there for mm-hmm. some reason. Like I feel like people just know, and then they always ask you if you go to a new hairstylist. They're always like, "So what's your routine? Like what do you do?" And like they expect you to like do a lot of stuff to your hair, and I'm like, I literally don't take care of this mess like yeah i'm so sorry and that's what i'm gonna tell this person when they ask me and i'm gonna be like that's why i'm chopping it off and she's gonna try to get me to buy some products oh yeah they love to sell products Uh, okay well that was (laughs) under the bleachers our podcast about teen content and sometimes um things we whine about in our lives uh we would love if you hit that subscribe button whichever way you get your podcasts and don't forget to rate and leave a review it really helps Yes, and please, please share us with one of your friends. And with one of your teens. You can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at at bleacherteens. Okay, we will see you next time. Under Under the the bleachers. bleachers.